All right, on this episode of Bare Knuckle Radio, very excited to be talking to an individual who competes in quite the headline attraction at BKFC 57, which goes down on February the 2nd, and the vacant welterweight championship on the line, and great heaven, Austin Trout on the show ahead of this great fight against Luis Palomino, and yeah, it's awesome to have him on Bare Knuckle Radio to chat a bit about that. How's your day going there, Austin? It's good, it's good, it's blessed, had a great session in the gym. I've been in the gym really all morning, and you know, it's about 2.20 my time, and I'm about to go home, so I'm, I'm excited for it to be over. Yeah, and I'm curious, like, if, obviously this is your sophomore BKFC fight, and you're such a high-caliber fighter. I'm curious, like, what you would say the biggest areas of improvement are that we'll see in this sophomore fight as compared to the debut, which was impressive in its own way. Well, my, my knuckles got more conditions. Uh, you know, my hands were hurting that first fight, so I, I got a taste, and I know what to expect as far as that goes. Um, also, you know, my, my legs work, you know, knowing that it's not an orthodox boxing type situation, so footwork, orthodox footwork, although it does work, um, you might need some, some unorthodox feet, that's the best way I can say it, uh, without saying too much. Yeah, for sure, and I mean, this is a fight that you seem to have wanted, I mean, for quite a while. I mean, I feel like this has been a fight that even some of the last times we were talking before your knuckle mania fight, it seemed like that was still on your radar. Like, how do you feel just, you know, on the precipice of this fight happening a few days out from fighting the number one pound for pound BKFC fighter? Well, that's, that's it. That was, that was my dream jump from the jump. You know, uh, when I first was coming into the third knuckle, I was like, no, nah, I want to fight the baddest motherfucker y'all got. Uh, who y'all think it is? And, and uh, everybody, you know, they say Luis Palomino. So then that's who my eyes were set on first, first and foremost. Uh, I'm happy that it came right away because you know, I don't have to half step in. And once, once I become the baddest motherfucker in the game, take on all covers. Yeah, absolutely. It seemed like this was like, I mean, you talk about it happening soon, which in a certain sense it is because it's your second BKFC fight, but a bit of time from the first fight until this one. Was there, I guess, any hangups in trying to get this fight going on previously? I mean, it's locked in now and good to go, but was there any kind of like timeline where certain things had to be navigated there a bit? Um, yes, but, but it had nothing to do with me. You know, I agree to the terms and, and things seem to be moving, but due to shit that was outside of my control, you know, they went another round. Luis fought somebody else. That's something to do with, you know, his 155 belt obligations. And, but it's. Yeah, fair enough. It kind of an interesting situation with the title there because it seemed like in some of the, I guess, first announcements with everything, it wasn't made hyper clear whether or not the belt would be on the line. Obviously, Luis, the former champion, and never lost the belt, but seemed like he was maybe more focusing on lightweight. And then obviously, Goryan Slaveski became champion but was stripped of the title. Like, when did you get word that the vacant welterweight title would be on the line here and everything? In my mind, the vacant title was always on the line. That's why, you know, it was a surprise when they announced it without saying championship fight. They're like, wait, what? It's not for a belt? And then it came, you know, they came in, in 
announced it with the bell. So I, I didn't know that it was ever not for the bell. That was that's the whole appeasement to me is because I want to be a two sport champion, two sport world champion. Um, and in, in in my opinion, I would Palomino not for bell. Then would I beat Palomino again for the bell because he, he he was he is the champion like. Yeah, because the last time we were talking, you seemed to have aspirations to hold belts in BKFC and then also within gloved boxing. And it seems like you were active with that last year as well. So it seems like you're on a good track in a couple of regards. I mean, I guess presuming things work out for you in the gloved boxing space as far as getting a title shot. But yeah. Yeah, will it? Yeah, no. For giving up on the boxing either, it's just it, it. It takes a lot longer for things to happen. Um, and you know, I'll be making leaps and bounds in the bare knuckles. So that's where my, especially when I become champion. You know, as a champion of the sport, it's it's my obligation, my duty to to focus on the sport that I'm representing and be that champion. So um, once I win this belt, you know, a lot of my focus will be on the bare knuckles. Not saying I'm, I'm not open to wonderful opportunities in the glove, the glove space, but I'll be focusing more on bare enough for that chance. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, one of the last times we were talking, you mentioned the idea of a three-division world champion in BKFC sounding pretty good for the resume, so it would seem like you would be focusing on that, I suppose. Yeah, I can do 55, I can make 45. 55 is really my weight. This 165 in the boxing sense is more of like almost two weight classes uh, above than my fighting weight. But nonetheless, yeah, I'll have a lot to take care of once I win the belt. Yeah, and obviously not to say it in a way to overlook this fight, but how much would you be following the champions in the different categories if you have the broader aspiration of three titles. I mean, Palomino's the lightweight champion, but I guess, like, is there any focus on what Kai Stewart has been doing to any degree, or maybe not so much? Well, I'll, I'll pay attention then. Um, all my focus is on Luis right now, because Luis, in my opinion, is a 155 and 165 champion. So, I'll, I'll find out the, the rest of the champions as I put them on my hit list. Yeah, fair enough. And I did mention Luis's standing with multiple titles and the number one ranked pound-for-pound fighter. And the fact he's undefeated, you know, tells a certain story. But in terms of what you see with your, you know, expert eye on the matter, like, what are your thoughts on his resume and BKFC and some of his better skills in the ring? Oh, he's got real fast hands. He hits hard. Um, he's got good feet for explosives. And not to knock the MMA world, but especially for an MMA fighter. MMA fighters have different footwork. Uh, Luis's footwork is good for MMA, and it's good for boxing, in my opinion. Um, we're we're going to have to neutralize a lot of those things. And I think a way to do that is just by making them uncomfortable. I think there's, there's a few ways we can make them uncomfortable. Yeah, is it just like not letting him fight his fight and kind of get within his rhythm? And, I mean, you kind of mentioned the footwork earlier in a way where you didn't want to divulge too much, which I respect. But is the, I guess, idea to not let him fight his fight and force the issue in a simplistic sense? Exactly. 
I mean, that's what, you know, anybody got to do is fight their fight. Uh, so, yeah, I gotta, I'm going to fight my fight. And I'm going to force him to fight my fight. And it's interesting because, I mean, such a high pedigree among both of you guys, for sure. I mean, you were kind of referencing the fact that in terms of broader combat sports experience in a BKFC article, I saw that you're probably the most elite fighter, if not outright the most elite fighter he's stepped in the ring with and everything. So, yeah, I mean, it's just an incredible sort of fight. And I love how much you're a fan of the sport as well. Have you been really sensing a lot of, you know, fervor from the fans for this one? Because this is a fight a lot of people are really excited to see. I, I do, I, you know, I feel it, I feel the energy, and I'm, I'm excited to, to take on a, a, a champion like Palomino, all, all shit talking aside, you know, he's done his thing in this, this, uh, this sport, and uh, in fact, BKFC, I said, uh, Juggernaut, Ferreira, Dodson, because that's my guy, you know what I'm saying, and, uh, Palomino. Yeah, that's cool you shouted out Dodson. I mean, he's doing a great job of repping for New Mexico. I imagine you appreciate that as a compatriot of the state and all. Thanks. Yeah, I was going to say, if you get your ideal outcome here, that'll maybe have to be a photo op there, the dual champion shot there, the New Mexico lads. Yeah, you know what? I'm... I'm Great idea. In fact, I think me and Dawson should do like a maternity photo shoot with our belts. <laughs> yeah. Back, shirts off, holding them, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. No doubt. Then have them with our belts laying there, and then I'm like the proud dad. He's like the proud dad. It's going to be great. I want to be down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fun, man. And I mean, again, saying this in a way not to overlook this fight, but more the idea that it's pretty early in the calendar year and you strike me as a guy that would want to be fairly active and everything. Like, I mean, is there an ideal strength of schedule you'd like to have this calendar year if all falls into place as far as like what you would want in the matter? No, oh, yeah, I would like three fights within, you know, within the year, really, but 18 months look be realistic. And you were kind of talking earlier about how in glove boxing, sometimes there's more behind the scenes machinations that can sometimes impede getting the title shots or certain ideal fights in line. I guess in saying that, has the journey so far with BKFC been refreshing in that sense, just in terms of like the matchups you're kind of eyeing really coming together pretty seamlessly? Yeah, no, I hear you, man. I imagine it would be frustrating certain times, but something I 
feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't touch on because I was on Instagram and I saw that there's a Austin Trout comic book out there. I feel like I should get some more insights into that. Oh man, yes sir. Shout out to USS Steve Cunningham. Maybe we'll see Cunningham in the BK area one of these days. Um, Steve, he, he does comics and he makes some boxers into superheroes. Like He's got one for Danny Garcia, he's got one for himself. He made me a, a comic uh, superhero. And what, what my uh, superhero's um, power is, is I can, I can communicate with all forms of life. So not just talk to animals, I can talk to viruses, I can talk to trees, I can talk to fungus, and uh, just, and you know, I, I get to help create different ways that we can make that kick ass, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm more of a research and development type of, of character, but nonetheless, you're all, I'm always with my people. Like, no matter if, even though I look alone, I got everybody ready to, to move on you. Everything I should say. So it's, it's cool. Yeah, that must be a sweet thing to... Sickness at any second. You know what I mean? And then not that I can control them, just I can communicate with them. And that we have they do my bidding. Which is even better. Because I am more of one with nature. That's, that goes into Kabbalah and everything. So... I end up having to do things that I don't necessarily want to do because, but I'm part of the system, so I got to get it done. It's tight. <laughs> That's cool. So you felt like there was a certain spiritual alignment with how the character was portrayed. It seems like you're really happy with the portrayal in the comic, and it sounds cool, for sure. Yeah, but it's also it's just a start. Like, we, we get to unfold my story, his story, and, and, and I would like to... You know, I mean, Steve is very—he's a very good storyteller, anyway. But he, he allows me to put in what I, you know, I like to see, what I like to have in there. You know what I mean? So um, I, I'm gonna try to mold it into a way of uh, not just my story, my personal journey, but also my spiritual journey, and uh, put it into a combat form. You know, there's always a good and the bad. There's always a positive and the negative. But I want my, my uh, I guess this is giving away too much, but the end of my journey is not to defeat the bad, it's for me to find the balance with the bad and the good. It doesn't mean that that's equal 50-50, it just means to find the balance. You might need more good, but you need some evil. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like some of you people should definitely go snag and get the full story on for sure man but you were talking about you know steve cunningham we don't get all that in that comic yet that's to come <laughs> to be continued yeah there we go the story keeps unfurling but like part of your story because like we were talking last time and you were saying oh there's probably going to be a few boxing guys that are interested in crossing over into bkfc after the performance you had in your debut and you mentioned Cunningham potentially coming over. Have you had a few gloved boxers kind of reaching out to you about maybe you know testing the waters in BKFC and all? See, well, yes and no. It's funny because I've had a few few fighters and, it, and it's still, to do this bare knuckle shit, man, you gotta be different. Because I've had a few fighters that are like, hey man, what's that like? They really promote you as good as, you know what I mean? Alright. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Then I got fighters that are like, hey man, I'm down to do it. Let's ride. But that's very few. And then most other fighters are like, 
they just curious, like, how'd you like it? Oh, that's cool, that's cool. Nah, bro, I ain't, uh, you crazy. <laughs> I ain't down for none of that, but yeah, more power to you, you know what I'm saying? So even in a, in a, in a sport like boxing, only a select few are down to do this bare knuckle game. And you've done such a great job at, like, really adapting your game. Like, I mean, you've transferred over things that worked for you in gloved boxing, but I think you realized that because it's ultimately a different sport, certain amendments needed to be made. That It just seems like you've done such great stuff at Main Street Boxing and Muay Thai and seem like you really have an affinity for the infighting portion of the game. So I think that's probably been a big variable in your favor, too, just kind of, like, making those thoughtful amendments and realizing you can't necessarily carry over the entire gloved boxing game to BKFC also. Right, well, thank you, thank you. It, is, it was important. When I saw the other fighters, boxers that jumped in, you know, they thought they could just box their way to a victory, and, uh, you know, that wasn't the case. You got to fight your way to victory. So we learned how to fight. And Krubo, Bob Perez, over at Bob's at, at uh, Main Street Boxing, GZ's helped me a lot, uh, along with... <laughs> Bobby Ben, I got two Bobs, Bobby's, uh, Bobby Ben and Bobby Perez. They've been, you know, instrumental in, in my, my uh, development. And then, you know, our Chris Hernandez, he, he gets me shaped and strong because Palomino's going to be a rough, rough motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? He's going to come and bring it. He's going to be strong and he's going to try to rough your boy up. And I'm, my plan is to no, no neutralize it. Bust this out. Has pause in, in, in the clinch and come out pretty. I mean, just such an incredible fight. I think that's a shared sentiment among the entire bare knuckle community, Austin. And always great getting to talk to you, man. But I want to be also mindful of your time. I imagine you're a busy guy heading into a fight of this magnitude and probably just in general. So, in saying that, I'm wondering if maybe you have a final parting thought to add as we're kind of wrapping things up here, man. Nah, man, tune in February 2nd. It's going to be the crowning of a new king of the BKFC. He's had his reign. He did a great job. And I will represent to the fullest. Big shoes to fill, but I got big feet. It's going to be an incredible main event at BKFC 57. I think a lot of people have been looking forward to this Luis Palomino fight for quite a while and going to figure out the welterweight championship situation there on February 2nd. And just wanted to reiterate how much I... Appreciate you coming on Bare Knuckle Radio, Austin. Best of luck with the remaining part of the camp and looking forward to peeping this fight for sure. But until then, have a good rest of your day, man. Thank you. Hey, thank you, buddy. Have a good one. All right. On this episode of Bare Knuckle Radio, very excited to be talking to an individual who is headlining BKFC 57. A very intriguing match going down on February the 2nd with that welterweight championship on the line in the headline attraction as Austin Trout and Luis Palomino knuckle up and toe the line and great heaven Luis on bare knuckle radio how's your day going there man i'm doing great man thank god doing good can't complain that's good to hear man and it seems like you're in a really good place i was reading an article you were featured in circa last summer there where it just seemed like it was articulating the broader sense of you being in a good place just having been a u.s citizen for over a year at that juncture and just really legacy minded in a lot of ways and this was pre your fight with Lily at BKFC 45, and one of the guys you mentioned you wanted to fight after that was Austin Trout. So in saying all of that, how does it feel to be days out from that Trout fight and everything? It feels great, man. You know, uh, first off, to, to 
to get legalized in this country took many years, many years of being illegal. A couple of years I was on and off. And we finally got it worked out with my attorney, also my partner in my management company, Hugo Florido. And we got that going. So that's, that was great. You know, we got to be able to buy our first home now that, you know, things are rolling right. And we're going back to the fight with Trout, right? Um, we were scheduled to fight him. It didn't happen for whatever reason. You know, that's, that's water over the bridge. Water over the bridge, you know. But now we're just a few days away. So it feels great. It feels great to be here. Yeah, because I was seeing some articles. I even saw one about like a couple of weeks ago or a bit over a week ago, I suppose, via MMA Junkie, where it seemed like there was a lot of frustration with BKFC at one point and even thoughts of maybe retiring unless a fight like this or even a Mike Perry fight were to come to fruition. So good to see that things are in a certain tempered place, at least with this particular fight, I suppose. Yes, yes. Uh, frustration because, you know, and I understand, you know, the the job in, in the matchmaker's hands, right? So he shook is the matchmaker here for BKFC. And and of course David Feldman has a lot of say on who's gonna fight who, you know. But I, I understand their job is not easy when, when you have people literally just not wanting to fight me, man. You know? And what I've been doing is I've been raising my hand, you know, looking for that money fight, looking for that, you know, big name fight that they, they keep bringing in, and every time they bring in somebody in my weight class, it's, it's just crickets, man. They don't want to fight me. You know what I mean? So it's frustrating to, you know, break all these records where nobody has passed an 8-0 record in BKFC history that I know of. I don't think anybody has other than I have. We did 8-0, and, you know, nobody had defended a title more than three times. We have six more title defenses. So I, I, I said we earned the right for a money fight. We earned the right for a high-profile name, and every time those names came in, they just hit away from me, or or like Chad Mendes, for example, came in, did his debut, disappeared for a year because he didn't want to fight me, comes back to fight Eddie Alvarez. Now, Eddie Alvarez is in the picture, but they're going to put another guy that's my weight class to fight against Mike Perry that is like at a complete upper weight class. So it's like, it's definitely frustrating, you know, and it came to the point where, you know, then the fight where Austin Trout fell off, which is... You know, arguably, it's, it's a high-profile name. You know, there's a two-time former WBA world champion. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for him. You know, he's faced people like Canelo. You know, he's not coming to Kodo. He's like the Charles brothers. So it's a great name. You know, I'm good with that right now. But uh, getting back to the Perry is, you know, I'm hoping that after I take this win and I complete the first double digits anybody has done, you know, the first beer bare knuckle fighter to go 10-0, with seven world title defenses, the first and only two-way division champion, undefeated champion. The only two-way division undefeated champion who successfully has defended both titles. You know, I think there's no other fight to make that is not a name like Mike Perry, who I'm aiming at for the last two years already, or Eddie Alvarez if he actually, you know, turns up and wants to face me. So yeah, I'm ready for those names. And kind of interesting, <clears throat> at least with the facet of the title belt in this situation, because it is a title you never technically lost, but obviously the things happened as they did with Goryan Slavetsky winning the title and then it was stripped from him. Do you almost look at this as a, a continuation of the reign in a certain sense because you never technically lost that belt? Or are you almost like, oh, this is kind of cool. I have a chance to be a two-time champion at welterweight here. Well, it's a thousand percent a continuation because I had no say on on, uh, on on 
fighting either or of the people that fought for my title when I had it. You know what I mean? It wasn't my. It was not my decision to step down for the belt. It was not. It was my. My decision was to defend both titles simultaneously and stay busy. That didn't happen. The, the organization had different ideas. I guess they didn't want me holding up two weight divisions, and uh, they decided to put up my belt for grabs. And you know they had Coco fight basically you know a legacy uh, for it, and uh, Coco won the belt. But um, you know I had no choice in this. Uh, I, I never got offered a fight. I asked to defend that title three for the last three fights before that, and I didn't get the opportunity. So it's definitely a continuation of my reign. Because I've not lost or turned down any fights ever in BKFC. So now here we are. You know, um, what I did do was I vacated the 155-pound belt because I understand that the company doesn't want, you know, anybody holding on to weight classes. So I said, okay, well, if, if it's going to be like that, then I'm done with 155 because I've defended it six times. And there's nobody there for There's no money fight there for me. Every time they bring somebody in, like I mentioned, like Eddie Alvarez, like like Chad Mendes, those names, they're they're not there for me. You know, they don't want to fight me. You know what I mean? So, you know, why am I gonna keep doing this? I say, okay, so I gotta go heavier, I'm one sixty five. I'm gonna defend my belt one sixty five against Trump since he debuted one sixty five against Diego Sanchez. And after this I'm gonna go even higher than that, which is not my weight class, which is not something that I'm looking to do. But I'll go as far as one seventy five just to fight who they call, who they crown the king of violence. The king of violence now is Mike Perry. They created a belt for him that is not one of these. It's a real world title belt. You know what I mean? And I say, if you want to put some sort of validation behind that belt, then you need to fight. You need you need to fight a real champion. And if you're gonna call yourself the face organization, great. You know, I have no problem with that. Except for fight me for it. You know what I mean? Because there's there's a, a thing where. We're, we live in a, in a world now where there is popularity and then there is skill. And back in my days, I'm a, I'm a little bit of an older soul, right? I'm 43 year, years young. In my day, it was all about who was the best and fighting the best. Today, everything is about popularity, who's more popular. You know what I mean? So Perry came into the organization with a big following, ups for him. He had a good history in UFC. And, and, and he's got it. The fight that I've been asking for. He got the Luke Rocco fight. He got the fight against Michael Venom Page. You know what I'm saying? He got, you know, the fight against Eddie Alvarez, former UFC, former Venom World Champion. These are the fighters that I'm looking for, right? And he's got in this. So since he's got in this opportunities and they consider him to be the face of Bare Knuckle and he's the king of violence, then you need to face the emperor of Bare Knuckle Boston. And it seemed like you really put the onus on yourself to kind of get the name out there a bit even before that Perry and Alvarez fight, just with you being at the press conference. And I saw a post insinuating you were the backup fighter, and then when I spoke to Perry, I think he intimated that maybe someone from your team was kind of putting that out there a bit. But I mean, just to say good on you for putting the onus on yourself to try to get in the conversation there, and all. Thank you. No, I, I, I literally made the calls. I, like, I, like I'm telling you right now, I've been asking to fight Perry for the last two years, but I haven't done it publicly, right? So then when when, when Feldman put the fight together with Eddie Alvarez and, and Mike Perry, and I'm here trying to get the fight against Eddie Alvarez, and I didn't get it, so they gave it to Mike Perry. So I'm like, okay. I called Feldman. I told him, Feldman, you know, what happens if one of these guys gets injured? What then? If that can happen, then look, it, it happened in a co-main event. 
in the co-main event, what's his name got injured and there was no co-main event. They had to switch it. So that could have happened to the main event. And he liked the idea. So I thought it wouldn't be a good idea to put me there as a replacement in case somebody falls off. And I, you know, he was like, you know, yes, good idea. And they flew me out there, you know. So, yes, I was technically the last-minute replacement in case one of them fell off. And that's why I was there. I was ready to fight either one. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, I mean, a savvy maneuver, definitely something that one should do of that persuasion, at least to kind of get the name out there and get the conversation kind of going a bit. And I guess even to that point, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't kind of ask you about this because I was kind of putting it out there to people who listen to Bare Knuckle Radio, if they have any questions for yourself or Austin Trout before the fight. And there were a few people asking if you were looking to defend that lightweight title against Tony Soto. Would the goal after this fight, like not overlooking this opponent obviously but would it the idea be to more defend that 165 title and look at 175 as opposed to 155 and defending the title there i guess when, when, when you know to answer the fans that are asking for that um you know when it comes to tony soto i, I have my outlook on it but this is the way that i see it you know and i just call it how it is you know? I, I look at facts the fact of the matter is that he has not even faced one top five 155 number one Number two, I was there when he fought Tyler Goodjob, somebody that I fought, that I managed, I signed to my management company. And he didn't win that fight. And people can say that he won or he lost. He didn't win that fight. And I was in the ring after the fight when he was with his face down. And I told him, you know you didn't win that fight. And, and he, he like, looked at me and, like, admitted that in his look. Like, he knew that he, he was gifted to that fight. So, to me, it's like... There's no money in fighting Tony Soto, okay? Just like I said, right? Tony Soto goes in the whole category of, of who's left in the 155-pound division. Um, there's no money there. There's no money fight for me. I'm not going to get paid any more for fighting a guy that nobody knows. You know what I mean? So to answer the question, um, I think um, my focus right now is 155-pound defending that title. And after that, you know, sitting my foot in the ground and not taking no other fight that is not a real big name, a real big fight. Because, like I said, right, it's, forget about the servant. I've earned it. I worked for it. I've never turned a fight down in the organization. Nobody has faced more undefeated fighters in the organization than I have. Nobody has won more fights than I have. Nobody has defended the titles more than I have. So I've earned the opportunity to fight a high-profile name in which I get paid like they do. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. It just seems like that's kind of part and parcel a bit with the position you're in as the number one pound-for-pound pound ranked fighter in BKFC. I mean, I was talking to Bryce Henry earlier, and he seemed like he was keen on fighting you at 165, too. So it seems like you're in a lot of guys' crosshairs. I guess it's kind of, like I said, part and parcel with the position, right? Yeah, I mean, I like the kid, man. I remember when you first came out, this Bryce guy. When he first came out, and, oh man, he looked good. And, 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 and uh, I ran into him in the bathroom one day, and like, oh man, you were talking about me, it's me. And uh, he was all excited to meet me, and I'm like, I'm like, hey, good man, you, you look good, keep doing your thing. And he has a coach, his coach is delusional. Uh, this guy named Ryan, he lives on my shadow. You know, like, every fighter that he's trained, he's trying to get to fight me. He had a guy trying to get Kyle to fight me, Kyle's not training with me and my trainer. You know, he had Gogo, he wanted to go to fight me, but we ended up going to combat, uh, karate combat. You know, then he has uh, this guy, uh, whatever his name was, uh, Bryce, and, and now he's like pushing, pushing him to come and fight me. And I've heard different.
division. Everybody is out there hungry, doing what I'm doing, looking for a high-profile fight for them. I am the high-profile fight. I am the champion. I am the undefeated, undisputed, number one pound-for-pound vertical boxer in the planet. So, the, you know, it's the right to aim at me, and, and they're doing the right thing, but there's nothing, there's nothing there for me. You know, I'm, I'm here looking for what I've earned. What they're looking at is what they want. There's a big difference in what you want and what you've earned. I've earned it. Go and put some work in there, fight some real fights, win some real fights, and, you know, then you can go ahead and ask for what you've earned. Right now, I'm in that position. I'm asking for what I've earned. Yeah, I get what you mean. An incredible run defending the lightweight gold. And I saw your post, I mean, kind of in the spirit of what we were talking about before with it being a continuation at 165 pounds that you're defending this 165 title for the first time. And in the post, I thought it was kind of interesting. You referred to your opponent as Austin Vaseline Trout, of course. Given that, you know, notice to the, you know, videos that were out there of him putting the Vaseline on in the Diego Sanchez fight, which he seemed pretty bothered by after I spoke to him about that after the fight was that like a bit of mind games or is that something that you kind of picked up on with the Vaseline I guess I'm curious on that no man it's only a mind game to him and to his team specifically to his manager who was the specific person that was in his corner reaching up the back of his neck the back of his traps the back of his head before the fight even got started that I don't care how you want to paint it, how you want to call it. That is cheating, my friend. That is cheating. You're facing a bare knuckle uh, fight. Um, you're facing an MMA fighter. You're worried about the clinch. And what did you do? You greased up the back of your neck and the back of your head, which is illegal. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I, all I did was pull out the facts, pull out the truth. And if, it's, if it bothered him as a mind game, that is all in his head, man. <laughs> so he can bring all the Vaseline he wants. <laughs> and we're ready for him. I guess in talking about his performance, though, at the last Knuckle Mania event, like, what were your thoughts on what he was able to do crossing over from gloved boxing? As you were mentioning before, his profile multiple-time champion in Queensbury rules fought names like Canelo and Cotto. Like, what were your thoughts on how he crossed over into BKFC in that Diego Sanchez fight? Man, I think he did great. I think he did great. I, I don't know if it was you or, or somebody else that came and asked me, right? Somebody interviewed me, and, and my first reaction was like, and I was actually very surprised about the clinch work. <laughs> you know, that's before I found out everything that happened. And I was like, and I was saying that in the interview, like, man, I was actually surprised about the clinch work, where Diego wasn't being able to hold on to him. Well, now we know why, right? And, but he, other than that, he did good. From what I see, I think that there's a little dog in him. You know, there's, there's a fighter in him that, that came out that night, and, you know, he stood there, he, he moved around, he threw some shots, he took some shots, and, you know, he showed that he that he, that he can hang here with a with a knuckle game. You know, I think he did good. Yeah, I was talking to him a bit earlier today, actually, and he was talking very favorably about you and the particular style of footwork you use, and it seemed like he was pseudo-talking about footwork considerations he had for the fight. He didn't want to divulge too much to maybe reveal what his plans are, but he seems, like, very centered on, you know, that part of what you're doing. Or at least that's a part of what he notices, I guess, in kind of putting the ball in your court in that sense. Like, what are some of the stylistic attributes you've seen from him and everything so far in the bare knuckle? I mean, you kind of talked about it there in terms of, like, the proficiency and how well it came off but i guess in terms of the x's and o's of what he did like what impressed you i guess i mean 
you know, he, he definitely showed his level of boxing. You know, I, I, I didn't see anything out of this world, to be very honest with you. It's not like I was like, oh, man, I was impressed with that. You know, I, I, you know, Diego's like a brother to me. I mean, I sparred with Diego plenty of times. We got we to we admit that Diego doesn't come from a boxing background. Diego comes from an MMA background in which he was mainly a grappler, wrestler. And yes, he had his dirty brawl times and his clinch, and he had, he had real, you know, beautiful wars in his UFC days, you know. But then again, he was off for how long before he fought. He was rusty, and, you know, boxing is not like his, his thing, you know. So... You know, trials is going to look a certain way, you know, when somebody else has that type of skill. And that's what showed, right? It showed, he showed that his boxing skill was superior than Diego's. He definitely showed that, you know. And, and he shows how he likes to stand with that wide stance that he, you can't change, you know, much in, 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 in a matter of months. You know what I mean? The way that he's been fighting all those years back is the way that he's going to fight uh, February 2nd and the way that he fought when he fought with Diego Sanchez. Wide leg stands. The shoulder roll, which is not effective for bare knuckle, and I'm going to display that. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, you know, he raves about his jab and his lead hand, but you know, there was still also a, a boxing pace to it. You know, where yeah, he's like comfortable in his reach, you know, and his distance. But this is not boxing, man. This is not boxing. There's no big gloves here to cover you. You know, and the pace is different. And I do. And we've spoken a few times over the years before your Tom Show fight. You seemed like to have a very, I mean, not hyper crystallized idea, but the goal, I guess, of making a highlight out of it was the operative wording. Like, what's the, I guess, impression you want to make in this trout fight coming up here in a few days' time? I want to show the world what I can do with a boxer of this level, of this caliber. When they step into my square circle. And I'm going to do that in two rounds. It's going to be a first filling out round, and that second round I'm going to take him through hell, and I don't think he's going to make it out of the second round. Yeah, I was going to say, I love the mentality, and I love the energy, and the kind of people you're looking to fight and stuff like that. Like, I saw the headline around when McGregor had appeared at BKFC 41, and you were saying, like, oh man, I would have snatched that belt off his shoulder. So, I love that. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. A lot of options out there. It seems like, man, it seems like a good time in the career. And also, per some of our past chats, it seems like you have a level of focus if it jives together with your schedule, obviously, for maybe some gloved boxing opportunities. Like, it seems like BKFC is largely pretty good about facilitating certain outside opportunities in non-bare knuckle sport if it doesn't really interfere with the broader BKFC schedule, it seems like. So is that something that's in your periphery to a certain extent? I mean, I know you're Paramount focuses on Austin Trout here, but is there a peripheral focus on that? Like, oh, that'd be cool to maybe do down the line if it works out. No, that's actually a great question because, uh, look, glove boxing was my first love, you know, and then when I started, when I retired from MMA at age 37, turning 38, um, I was considered too old to get into glove boxing. I couldn't get a fight. Every time I would get a fight, I guess a guy that was like 15 or 16 or, or 20 and old, um, and I would say yes, the next day they would call me and say, hey, man, nah, they, they don't want to fight you. Because they look in the YouTube videos and they'll find me fighting and they see that I have heavy hands. And I'm not going to say that they're scared of me. It's just the management will look at me like, okay, this guy is this old. He's 0-0 uh, 
beating uh and beating uh Trout would be a good uh a good start at that, you know. Um but yeah, we still have business to handle in DKFC, that's the number one focus. But as long as I have the, the blessings from them, you know, if I can do fights in between, I'll definitely do it. Yeah, no, I love hearing that, man. Seems like you're at a <clears throat> great place in your career, like I was saying. I mean, you've done so much in BKFC already, and cool to see you get one of these big matchups you've been calling for for a while, and just such a fascinating fight coming up here. I'm sure I could ask you a dozen more questions, but I want to be mindful of your schedule and what you're getting up to as well, man. So I guess in saying that, I'm curious if maybe you have a final parting thought you'd like to add as we're kind of wrapping things up here, Louise. Can you hear me again? I hear you. Oh, sorry, just if maybe you had a parting thought to add as we're wrapping things up. No, man, no, it's just, just that, uh, you know, just if anything, always thanks to my, to my sponsors, Florida's International, Mr. Rappavaro, uh, Incaholics, and uh, I've signed a great deal with OnlyFans, so you guys will be hearing about me uh, through that platform, where I will be teaching, like, I have so many followers from South America, Central America, that have been asking me to teach them, you know, not just Pernoco, not just boxing, but MMA, and I never started a YouTube channel, so I'll be, I'll be doing all that to OnlyFans. So, yeah, look, look, look out for me, man. I'm going to be out there. Yeah, I was going to say, talking about the representation there, maybe we can finally get BKFC Peru rolling in the next year or two, eh? Oh, yeah. So that's the other thing, right? Uh, you know, we were working on that last year. Um, it, it, fell, it fell off because my president went to jail. <laughs> but that's, that's all resolved, you know? So, so um yeah, I would definitely love to fight in my country. Um, you know, if, if BKC, at least, at the very least, we, we can do a, a prospect show over there to get the, get the water warmed up and maybe at the end of the year go over there and, and uh, defend one of my titles over there and, and bring BKC to Peru. And I think, you know, in, in Peru, I don't know if you ever heard, but in Peru, there's a thing called Takanakui. And Takanakui is a over a 500 year tradition that the villagers use right like like all the way up in the mountains right and the villagers that have had problems with each other even women and women men and men they in the end of the year they, they bare knuckle fuck each other yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they literally fight out all their problems in the end of the year and they've been doing this for over 500 years so that's called takanakui they, you know they, it's no, it's awesome you referenced that because I definitely have seen a bit of that on social media and stuff like that. So I love seeing that. I mean, further emboldens the idea we got to get the promotion out there, but squarely focused on February 2nd here and huge fight at BKFC 57. And thanks so much for coming on Bare Knuckle Radio ahead of this Austin Trout fight for the welterweight championship and looking forward to peeping this fight when it goes down. But until then, you have a good rest of your night there, Luis. Thank you.